another episode of the Messed Up Podcast. Uh, not not another another not fun one. Definitely not great. As we uh, got smacked in Game Three uh, of the Rocky series to lose some more baseball games. Uh, James, I mean, I'm not again not going to do the intro again. But what are we feeling? No, it's really bad. Everything's just it's just not going well right now. Not not really hitting great. The bats did come alive a little bit in Game Three of the series, which was nice to see with the lineup shakeup. But starting pitching, just like all year, hasn't been there. It's really starting to pile up now. On yeah, the bullpen guys, every single day, it's it's four innings, four and two thirds, maybe five. It's just it's it's really bad. Yeah, it's really bad. No, it's not been good baseball the last two weeks. Essentially, now I think it's been it's been about what 13, 14 games. Ironically, since the West Coast trip, since like, yeah. that was when they played well. Then they come back to the, the rest of the country. And it's like, bad. Yeah, it was that Sunday night baseball game. It's the Giants because like even they were they were still in that one even. Yeah, and like since then there just really hasn't been a whole lot of great baseball played from a team that should be playing a lot better. Like, I again, I, I said this last episode, too. I don't think the team is bad by any means, but they're definitely playing bad baseball right now. And, like, the mood in the press conference after the game, just watching a few minutes now, still, like, overwhelmingly, like, we, we literally just have to play better. Like, there's no excuses. There's definitely not a lack of effort. It's just these are good baseball players who need to play baseball better. And I think you just look up and down, like, at the stats, at the performances. Like, like, like you said, it, it is just to simply play better. Like, you play better, you're going to win more games. They did not play better than the Rockies in this series, especially in Game 3. Things got blown out of control. It was not a great weekend to be a Mets fan. Let's, let's be honest. No, it wasn't really. And, like, you can start feeling the animosity. The Boo Bird came out on Sunday. The city sailed. Yeah. Park was half empty on Friday night. Like, a nice night. Quite sang on the mound. People was just, and, like, people on Twitter are getting really angry. Um, other analysts who don't really know what they're talking about are getting really angry. It's just, like, I don't know. It's just, it's bad. Things are not good. It's weird vibes. Weird vibes for a team that had such, such good vibes last year. And I, I feel like that's, like, a big thing. I mean, Lindor is, like, a big smile guy. Like, always happy, always vibing. I, I don't think the players necessarily have bad vibes. Like, you don't get that feeling at all by any means. It's not bad vibes, but it definitely, just, it definitely doesn't feel... Like it felt like I don't know like last year like the, we just passed the one year anniversary of the Mets scoring seven runs in ninth inning to beat the Phillies and that came just one week after the Mets scored five runs in ninth inning to beat the Phillies. Yeah. Both happened last week of April, first week of May, 2022, and that's when you kind of felt oh this Mets team has something different. Mm. And maybe they were just like maybe it's just the burden of expectations. Maybe it's a team coming off an 80 win season rather than a 100 win season. So you get hot early, you feel a little better, you play a little lighter, and things are a little easier. And now all you keep hearing is about the 100 wins, 101 wins, 101 wins, 101 yeah. wins, and that's like feeling like like a bit of a burden for this roster right now. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I really like I, I keep beating a dead horse here, but like it really is just like play better. It simply is just play better. And I think it really does start on the pitching side. We we just have to get more out of the starting pitching for this team to be successful. I think you looked at the numbers about what the starting pitching's done this year. It's it's not been great. I mean we can't even sugarcoat it in the slightest. I think everybody would agree, including the pitchers, like they want to pitch better. Even Max Scherzer said it too when he had a rough start. Like he's like, I have to be better for this team. And if this team wants to be successful, we need to get more of our starting pitchers. No, for sure. I mean, we've, we've been beating this drum all season, but it's just it's obvious series after series, game after game. Mets starting pitchers have only completed six innings six times this year. Kodai so Sanger Friday night became the first Mets to complete six innings twice in a season. The one game we won? Yeah, they had the one game we won this series. Oh, my God, it makes sense. And that was on May 5th. Mets didn't have a starting pitcher complete six innings from April 21st until May 5th. The Joey Lucchese start in San Francisco until this Friday, Kodai Sanger against the Rockies. No Mets completed six innings in between that. And, of course, this has been exasperated by the fact that Max Scherzer was injured and then suspended, and now he's been less effective. Justin Furlander was injured for the first month of the season. David Peterson has not rolled over a success for 2022. Tyler McGill just looks a little bit off whenever he's out there. It's just every like, – Carlos Carrasco's hurt. No Quintana. Jose Quintana hasn't thrown a pitch. Like, Trevor Williams isn't here. Like, every single little thing that has gone wrong pitching step half. And that six innings number, 375 pitchers that completed six innings in Major League yeah. Baseball heading into Sunday. And the Mets have only done it six times. 
It's ridiculous. Mets starting pitchers have only thrown 166 innings this year altogether. That's the fifth fewest in all of baseball. And with the team with the fewest, Tampa Bay Rays, employ an opener one day a week, sometimes two days a week. So those starting pitching numbers are skewed. So realistically, Mets starting pitchers have thrown the fourth fewest innings in the entire league. And the teams with less are the Marlins, which is a little surprising. Yeah, they surprising. kind of have yeah. a bit of a deep rotation. The Oakland Athletics, the Colorado Rockies, which hurts a little bit more right now, <laughs> a bunch. and the Cincinnati Reds. Well, they didn't even get good starting pitching in the game today either. No. Uh, and Ryan Felder was not very good. And I think that's the, the narrative with what's going on with the Mets, too, I think is a little bit all over the place, like you mentioned a little earlier online or if you're at the stadium or whatever it is. <laughs> people talking about the offense. I mean, we saw the, the lineup change today, which was nice, and I think yeah. it showed that the lineup was a little more cohesive based on how it was. Like That, that first inning was great. We were feeling awesome, and it ended weirdly because Vogelback got tagged out getting bat picked yeah. on that rounding of second. But, like, relatively speaking, that first inning went about as well as it could have, considering, like, how the Mets had been starting games. We haven't been scoring a lot of runs in the first inning this year in general. Yeah, besides the Randall Grichuk moonshot on the other side. Yeah. But also, you, like, you really look at where this Mets team was last year and why they were so successful. Top of the order and scoring the first inning was a huge reason for it. And John Charles with a stat right before we start here. Mets have really 15-2 when scoring first this year. You said that right, John? 13-2 this 13-2, year. 13-2, 15 total times. Yeah. That, yeah, fit they have scored first, which... Fifteen times you scored first in thirty-three games. It is now. That's not. That doesn't. That doesn't feel like enough. No. That sucks. No. And you look back and last year in the first inning, the Mets slash line was two seventy-five, three fifty-eight, four twenty-three, scoring first in sixty percent of their games, plus seventeen run differential in the first inning. This year, the first inning slash line is one ninety-eight, three hundred eight, two forty-six. Mm-hmm. 246 slugging percentage in the first inning. Yeah, that's a little rough. Almost been like no first inning home runs. Yeah, I mean... Uh, 0. 0.2, 0. 0.26 runs per game, only scoring first, like I just said, 43% in time, and a minus 19 run differential. Yeah. That's nearly a 40-run difference in the Mets' first innings between last year and this year so far. No, 100%. And it is weird, too, because, again, I, don't, I actually don't think the offense is the problem, and I'm sure some of you not rolling your eyes. I'm sure a lot of people hated that I said that, but there's a stat that came from Twitter. I, I'm going to give this guy credit, Mike5 underscore 5 underscore 5. He tweeted out, Mets have 18 games this season where they've scored at least five runs. Only the Red Sox, Rays, Orioles, Dodgers, Braves, and Rangers have more. So it's not necessarily all on the offense. It's a combination of it feels like when we get good pitching, the offense maybe isn't as sharp. When we get good hitting, the pitching isn't that sharp. Something's just not lining up right now, and I'm not quite sure why, but it feels like we haven't really had like a, a streak of like playing complete baseball in a minute. I also want to shout out a friend of the podcast, Meek Phillips. He tweeted about this as well. Through 35 games this year and last year, this Mets team has more home runs, a higher slug percentage, really? only three fewer runs scored, and an on-base percentage that's the same through two decimal points. Really? Zero zero four lower. Yeah. That's shocking. No, but, but last year the starting pitching was so consistent. Yeah. Week after week, series over series, six innings, seven innings, six innings, five and two-thirds, two earned runs, three earned runs. That was the big difference last year. And the like, what? Basically, what this Mets team kind of has is that a lineup is probably slightly above average. Yes. And yeah. at its peak, well above average. At its worst, like a little bit below average. And that looks really good when you're pitching really well every single day, when yes. you're only giving up two, three, four runs a game. But when you're not, the Mets starting pitching ERA this year. You want to guess the Mets starting pitching ERA this year? <laughs> I really don't want And this to. was heading into the day on Sunday. I don't want to guess it. Just tell me. 5.3. That's not... Not where we would like to be no. for a team that is, you know, with World Series aspirations. And that's the eighth worst in all of baseball. And it's not really that much better if you look at their estimators, like their FIP or XFIP or Sierra. It's yeah. just not. It's not good. Yeah, no. I mean, like, even the bullpen up up until today, and that's a little bit on, like, Jimmy Akimonis came in in the fifth, based in the middle of the order. Like, sometimes you're just going to get hit a little bit. But the bullpen, even for the most part, has been very good. Has been very solid. I think this Mets team would be in significantly worse shape because bullpen hasn't been so good early on in the season. Yeah. But it also, in all leverage spots, like the medium leverage guys have been good. Drew Smith has been really good. John Curtis has been up and down. He struggled a little bit more recently, started well. My guy Brigham still looks good. 
Like these middle relievers, Brooke Ridley was decent while he was healthy, and then you had the bad outing before he got I mean, hurt. Robertson. Yeah, I mean, that was good, good high leverage. Robertson out of Vino both been pretty awesome. I mentioned Drew Smith already. Like this, these bullpen guys have been good. Steven Nagostic actually looked good on Saturday till he gave up that home run, which yeah. is very unfortunate because he is a guy who looked like has maybe gotten a little bit better this year. And these guys are really, really patching it together because every, like the Mets starting pitcher average outing is less than five innings right now. For sure, yeah. It's one of the few teams in baseball where that's true, and it's it's really, really, really hard to consistently win baseball games. Yeah, because it just, it just adds on to more guys that now need to throw innings out of the pen, like Jimmy Acabonis and Tommy Hunter, who play their role on this team, but you don't want them getting the bulk of the innings that should be going to the starting pitching. And right now, those guys are throwing a lot more than one they're probably expecting or too accustomed to. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, a lot of this is just the fact that, like, we you look up and down the roster, like the Mets – player development scouting in terms of position players over the last decade. Some of the best in baseball. It's been incredible, team, actually. Yeah. The amount of like homegrown talent that is on this team and contributing every single day is amazing. But then you look at the pitching side, right now it's it, Peterson and McGill were the homegrown guys who we need something out of this year. So far, we haven't gotten it. And the fact that pitchers, the, some pitchers we have are very expensive, not having the ones that are cheap, to supplement them and give the innings, it's, it's really difficult to find the balance right now. And we've talked about this like over the last like few years like through this podcast. So you kind of need to make sure you have pitching like a year in advance a lot yeah. of times. You saw that when the Mets traded for Marcus Roman a few years ago because they would have him for the next year. You saw that with the Bass trade, he had the option, he signed elsewhere, that's okay. But you're still thinking year over year, year over year, year over year. Same with the Taiwan signing, go to your deal, he gave you cheap innings for two years. And just felt like that you kind of were trying to get that with Carrasco, but he's been injured. You tried to get that with Quintana, he's been injured. You lose all of the what you thought were going to be reliable innings, and now it's like, where do you find them? Yeah, it's been a little bit of bad luck on top of poor performance. Yeah. I mean, I, I think can't really sugarcoat it. They've not performed as well as they should, and I think that anyone's... If you were saying that what they were, I think we'd be lying to you guys. No, and it's like, I didn't, that's like... And we talked about it last episode, I want to say it again. The last four pennant winners in the National League... Oh, people are going to hate you for I'm saying I'm going to say it. The Phillies 2022, the Braves in 2021, 2020 does not count because you only play 27% of a season, yeah. the Washington Nationals 2019, and the Los Angeles Dodgers 2018. All four of those teams were below 500. On May 7th of their respective years, they won the pennant. Yeah. So having a record that's below slightly, even if it was a few games below 500 at this point in the year, by no means puts you out of contention in Major League Baseball. And even more so in those years, there's more playoff teams. Now. Yes. And you can kind of look around National League and you can see like who we have to beat to actually get these playoff spots. The Phillies, it's the Pirates, it's the Diamondbacks, it's, I guess, the Brewers. We really got Brewers. Yeah. yeah. I guess, yeah. Who else? Well, you said all the West teams, right? Yeah, I said the Dodgers, I guess, technically, but they look like they're going to take the division now. The Maybe the Cubs. We were, and man, we really even have series wins against the Padres and the Dodgers. Yeah, two two good teams. Like So that's where it's confusing, I'm sure. As a Mets fan, we like we do get those high highs of, like, we beat these good teams when we play them. Granted, we didn't beat the Braves in that series, but, like, those were a, there were a bunch of winnable games. Those were weird a games break too. here or there could have been ours. But then, like, these series, and it's, it's really bringing back a lot of memories of September, unfortunately, but... And I tweeted that the other day yeah. after the Tigers game. It does just feel the energy. It's just, I don't know. Something, we, something. Like, it's uh, we've got the bad teams again in our schedule because, let's be honest, I mean, you look at the Tigers and the Rockies and the Nationals and the Reds coming up and even the Giants before that. Like, these are not the strong teams in baseball. These are the teams yeah. that you look at the schedule Probably and enough. this is obviously, like, the worst thing that you could probably ever do, but you count those as wins. Like, you, when you're looking at the schedule, building out what you think the Mets could do, you're like, okay, they're going to take two of three from this team. They're going to take two of three for that, maybe to sweep. We're talking about us here, fans. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Still, we're not talking about and then you like, but even every single time we have these series, all the players and the coaches are like, no, that's not how we think about them. And I believe them as I think about them. But yes. It does. It is just annoying. Consistently, you look at the schedule and they're like, all right, I, we, we want, I want to beat this team. I, we have a better roster than this team. We are better put together than this team. They continue to beat us. I mean, even looking forward, it's like we have the Reds and the Nationals. I know. Too. It's terrible. Like, it's, it's, this could have felt so very different if we did get the performance that we were hoping for. 
we haven't. So it makes everybody feel very uneasy, especially with, like you said, those high expectations coming into the year. I don't know. By no means is it, is the season over. Like, I, we're never going to go there on May 7th. And you gave your reason to why. There's so much baseball left. But something does need to change, and there does need to be better play by the team. I think everybody would agree on that. Well, and, like, yeah, like, it's, like, it's really, everyone wants to find the fix. Like, everyone online is, like, trying to yeah. do it to, like, cope with themselves. Like, make this happen. Call this guy up. Change this. And it's, it's just really, that's just not how baseball works. Like, it's all, it's a team. It's a whole reason of teams. It's got to be cohesive. Guys got to be playing together at the same time. Guys have to be in, like, in line and check. Like, you really need to, well, there's such a, there's a game that's, like, so emotional, but so devoid of emotion at the same time. And it's like, also so hard to be stuck in a street. It's also like so this. individual, yet, like, so team-heavy. Like, because, like, especially the Mets, I don't know, maybe the last few years you guys can tell me how you feel about this, too. But, like, I feel like when they're, like, vibing and, every like, one guy's hitting, everybody's hit. Yeah. But then, like, when we go cold, or, like, even on the pitching side now, like, the pitchers are struggling to go deep into the games. Now everybody's struggling deep to go into games. It just seems like this team is, like, very much, like, a cohesive bunch, and they kind of ride with each other, like, the Tide rises and falls with with everybody. And that also, we've talked about this, is a function of the way the Mets lineup is constructed based on the fact that there's not as many power hitters as probably most other teams are constructed in modern sure. baseball. Yeah. So you do need more guys literally to be hitting well at the same time to score more runs. That's part of it. And just we're in a two-week stretch right now while the team's playing poorly, while P. Alonso and Francisco Lindor happen to be cold. Like yeah. it's not, these things aren't accidental. It's harder to score runs when your two best hitters are not playing as well. That'd be true for any team in baseball. And even just looking... Again, at like teams' offensive stats this year, the Mets have the same amount of runs as the Padres and Phillies. Yeah, no one go out and say those are bad offense. Nobody like, would really say wouldn't. That, yeah. For some reason, the Mets are, and it, I, I I don't really get it. Well, the Mets are to people who think that. Yeah, you watch every day, you get more frustrated yeah. by it, of course. But it's just like like I just can't I can't wrap my either my mind around the fact that some, like the offense appears to be a problem. Like it's just it is all the starting pitching. I think there's also sorry. I think there's also two two lessons to be taken from this series. Um, number one, the Colorado Rockies are Austin Gomber on Saturday. He had a disastrous start to the year. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's been really good in his last three starts. And today, Ryan Feldner, the Mets got to him, but Feldner had been very good as well. So that's number one, like tip your cap before coming yeah, to City Field. Oh, the Rockies beat us. and But they yeah. also swept the Brewers just now, and that's a playoff hopeful that swept the Mets back in early April. So, yeah. like, yeah, tip your cap. The Rockies came in, they took two or three, they played good ball. And you hate for the copium, but the Tigers just won two out of three against, <laughs> against the Cardinals, too, including points out front. Yeah. The, Car- the Tigers broke off a five-game winning streak. Like, I don't believe it. Like, these teams, I still think we're better than the teams we should have beaten them, but, like, it's just, it's early season baseball. Like, it's for, really early season baseball. How long do you look at the standings in the middle of May and see something that's not even true at the end of the year? And, like, yeah, not to rub salt in Mets fans' wounds, but we've, we've seen the standings later in the year, and yeah. we know that they don't matter. So, I don't know, like... Is there is there something to take stock in with what's been going on? Like, yeah, of course we need we need to perform better. The pitching needs to give us more length. I think there's like, at least it seems like there's a way to fix this. It's not like an unfixable thing where it's like play better, get more length from the pitching. Things should start to fall into place. Yeah, there's 120 plus games left in the season. It literally just starts with Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer just just doing what just they've pitching. always done. Yeah, as just long as those guys just pitch every every fifth day and pitch well. And this thing will probably fall into place much easier than it seems. Like, Which, I apologize. I'm sure some of you were like screaming at us. No, like, go crazy, go nuts, go like us. Like, we were never going to do that. It's not how it's going to go. We've never been those kind of guys. We've always yeah. been like very like sane of like, hey, listen, like it's a long season. We start if we start losing our mind and our hair May seventh, it's going to be really really long year. And again, and, and the devil's advocate of that both times, both seasons we've done this podcast before this year, the Mets have actually had really good April. Yes, it's great. It's, April. It's, 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 the Mets always seem to have really good Aprils. Like in the history of this franchise, we always seem to have a good April. Yeah. What, what has it done? What has it ever served? It's not really done anything in my life. Though. Like it, maybe it's a good thing this team's actually getting some adversity. Last year they won five straight months without even a stitch of adversity. Yeah. And it was easy, and it was every single day was a win. Every single series was a win. Everyone pitched well. You hit well when you need to. Timely hitting, risk. Remember risk. 
How we, what is that last year? Yeah, my God. But like, I don't know. Like, they, they sometimes it's not going to be linear. That's not how it works. Sometimes you got to go up and down. Maybe you got to go down first to go up. I don't know. I'm just trying to look for answers. Yeah, we are trying to look for answers. I don't know. Hopefully, this next series against the Reds, we get some more. Vito's laughing. We get more. Yeah, Vito's having fun with this. This is a, this is a weird know, episode. This is a weird episode for everybody. Like, yeah. we're, we are so conditioned <laughs> to like having so many great things to talk about. It's so, it was so easy last so year. So easy last year. Now it's like when they're struggling, like, it's it's tough. We had two bad series last year. One, we did a whole episode about Juju and Voodoo. Yeah. In like in the control room. It's a great episode. And the other one was just very obviously really bad. Yeah. So we like we just like sat here and sulked and then we were like, <laughs> oh and then we had only like three more episodes after that, so it wasn't even a big deal. But let me ask you a question. What was a common theme that you heard from both Met fans and fans of other teams last year when the Mets were on their way to hundred and one wins? I mean, I feel like from Met fans we all were like, Oh my god, this is the year. Like this is the team. I feel like more than that though was more about the fact that the team like had like this persistence. Like they wouldn't let you up. You know? Yeah. Like it always like over again, over again, over again. You look at the next day, another good pitcher is on the mound. You get the next spot and you go, well, there's another good hitter coming to play. Yeah. You're gonna take a good at bat. It's gonna make you work. Yeah. So what I was what I was thinking was that I heard a lot of correct me if you guys think I'm wrong, a lot of oh, you beat such and such. They're not a good team. Oh yeah, of course. And yeah. Let this be the example that like you don't take the wins against the quote-unquote bad teams no. for granted. For never. Sure. Always a team in the other dugout trying to score more runs than you. There's always someone facing an arbitration case this this upcoming off. Season. Like, always. We kn- professional athletes with tons of pride. We know the Rockies, like, are not going to probably be a playoff team. We know that. But, like, at the end of the day, those guys, like you said, are all still playing. In their mind, they're like, we're going to try and make the playoffs. They're not like, hey, we're going to win 60 games, so what does this game against the Mets matter? They're still going to play just as hard. And like John said, everyone's working for money at the end of the day. Arbitration is incredibly scientific. Every single stat you accrue, every single moment of your professional baseball career is going to be used either for you or against you in a case against your team to get you literally hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars during years one, two, and three of arbitration. That was the big... uh, discourse when Yerman Mercedes was hitting those home runs yeah. like in the big game and Tony La Russa sat him and it's like dude you're messing with that guy's money like yeah. who cares if you hit a home run and then you're up 10 yeah these guys that. gotta need to get paid like this stuff is important yeah. to those yeah. guys it may not feel like an important game to us as the fans but to all the guys playing is very important every game yeah I mean I guess it's literally their job briefly we should just we're, we're really we're all zoomed out right now I just also want to talk about Kodai and yeah let's talk about Kodai because he was yeah, good. there was stuff to talk about there. Kodai pitched after a nice little long layoff, and he did look good coming back. He Two walks in the first inning was a little shaky. Command's been whatever all year, and also you don't pitch for over a full week, and that's going to happen yeah. again. But, like, he didn't allow an extra base hit, like, the entire game. Barely any balls even left the infield after the first couple innings. Like, it was really good. A lot of pop-outs, a couple slow grounders. Again, I said before, the first met to complete six innings twice this year. Just huge. I would not huge, have guessed. Huge moment for us. I would not have guessed it would have been Kodai Senga to be that guy, yeah. honestly. And not because of his talent, just because yeah, we had my hat too. Yeah. yeah. He's touched 100 miles an hour first time in his career, too, which was pretty cool to see on the board, the triple digits. Came and, out to Tokyo Drift. I yeah. That was his That was nuts. Yeah. Electric. Electric. Clarified that with DJ Rays. That was pretty amazing that he came out. <laughs> That's all ridiculous. We're talking about that for a while. But big adjustment for him this game. We've talked about the fact that Kodai hasn't really lived in the zone as much as a starting pitcher ready to take that next step would so far. And he threw his color in the zone a lot on Friday night. He has been throwing some pitches in the zone about 60% of the time a few times this game. Color's been one of those, but that one, again, really high for him. First time did it since last start. 15 swings on just one whiff and only three called strike, but there were nine balls put in play against that pitch, and seven of them, based on expected batting average, were completely unlike. There were, there were balls that were very unlikely to get hit. John's laughing because I was talking about expected. expected. I like expected batting average. I don't love it, but that's the only that's the only way I could show what this code that I batted the balls with it. I that's like funny. that was that's good. Funny. That was good. I'll say it because well, even just to like pull it back, we're we're talking about the estimate for next <laughs> series, and one of the things we like most about the estimate is you guys can follow along while we do it. The original estimate we we're going to do was 
balls that were hits with expected batting averages under 100. This is hard to follow along. I, I don't want you to... Well, baseball's jo- fine. It's easy. I'll no, tell the listeners right where they go to find it. I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea. Like, I like I like where your head's at. But, yeah, it is... I don't think, like, the majority of people who are watching this podcast or listen to us probably have baseball savant open while watching the game like us as well. Uh-huh. I'm just doing this as a way to break down. I mean, saying the fact he was getting bad contact on that color based he was, on he seven, was throwing hard. He was throwing hard based on seven of the nine batted balls against that color have an expected batting average just 250 or below. No, he looked great. He looked yeah. awesome. And that's that's I, mean, I don't know. This people are gonna hate me too, but like that's cool to see. No, this is cool. And his quotes after the game were great. He was like, "We've been catching too many else. I don't want to catch any more else," which is also hilarious. No, he went out. He's like, "I'm not. I, there's not gonna be me." Yeah. Which is great. Respect that. Like, love that. Respect the hell out of it. When we had his press conference when we were here, remember, we were like, oh, this, dude, this dude's a beast. Yeah, this dude's I mean, a dog. Probably not anything else. Like, if nothing else, he gets it. When he made that, like, cool play when he got uh, the, the outlet for yes. base and he, like, went down the squad and picked it up, he was like, yeah. Like, so he was pumped. He was feeling it. Also, he hadn't, he hadn't played baseball in, like, a week. Yeah. Like, he was excited to go out there and play. And that was a good moment on Friday night. We won that game. That was fun at the time. Yeah, thank God for Brandon Nimmo jumping on that first pitch basketball yeah. again, which he loves to do in the second time in the order. Loves oh, to jump oh, on the first God. pitch. Hit it to right field, which was nice. One of the few home runs that, you know, were hit by the Mets this weekend. Dana Vogelback got one in game yeah. three, which was nice. And that was that it? I don't. I think that was. I think that might have been it. Yeah. That was just two home runs, right, guys? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Johnny cool. Stats. <laughs> Johnny Stats with the stat. Oh, my God. Dude, I mean, if we're not going to go, like, we're trying to be a little more loose in yeah. doing these episodes, especially the ones where there's a lot of losses involved. Yeah. Uh, we don't need to, you know, rehash everything yeah. that happened. Like, yeah. game two especially. I don't know. The only thing I really want to say is that's probably the best I thought Tyler McGill's slider looked all year. That's fair. You also see more comfortable. He threw almost 40% of the time, which is the highest rate of sliders the whole season. And looked fine. But there's another one of those like really laborious alleys for Tyler McGill where he's just grinding inning after inning. And it's like there's guys on base. They're not swinging and missing. This one was a little more than the start schedule. Yeah. But it's just like, it, I don't know. When Tyler McGill came up, it seemed like easy at times. But now maybe it's just, I don't know, the book The book is here. He's got to adjust back. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I don't know, it hasn't been easy. No, no, there's not been a lot of easy so far this year for the best. No, it really has been easy. Wish there would be. I know. I'd love some easy games. I miss easy games. And also, like, we're seeing also, it feels like maybe, like, there's, like, some guys, like, the confidence. Like, we've talked a lot. We haven't talked much about Stalling Barté, but he really struggled this year. And the lineup did seem to move a little better when he wasn't in the two-hall on Sunday. One of the weirdest things that I saw happen this, this whole series was that, I think it was the third or fourth inning, Austin Gomer's on the mound. And while he has been okay recently, his ERA is seven, and he's a lefty. And Stalling Barté comes up after Alvarez and Nimmo got back-to-back singles. And the first pitch, he's bunting. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't know if that's a song Marte decision, if that's a coaching decision, but, like, it's so, to me, in a, in a situation where you're early in a game, you're facing a guy who's a lefty, you're a righty. Traditionally, Sean Marte is good against all pitchers. Yeah. And lefty with a 70 right as a righty, neutral setting right there, like, you have the somewhat advantage. And I want Starling Marte confident to the point where he's like, I want to swing. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, like, we should, and also, it's early in a game. One run in the third inning of a baseball game doesn't really do that much for you in a game that you, you want to really try and win. Like Because we found out today. Yeah, the goal is to score as many runs as possible to win the game. So, like, just to give up and out that early when you're when you're the, in the two spot in the lineup is like, let's go out there and hit. Let's go feel good. Let's go take a crack. Yeah. No, definitely. No, I didn't like that one. Definitely prefer when Starling's more aggressive. Well, yeah. I mean, and I get it. He's been struggling this year. I think there's no doubt that his performance has not been matching what it was last year. And no. maybe that's, you know, with this new lineup that's coming out, maybe he moves down a little bit because Lineup did work pretty nice today. I mean, did yeah. It. No, it was I mean, Fiscal Door keeps like as much as the hits aren't really dropping for him right now, and the power has been you know touch and go. It's really just really enough singles, which is also yeah, Fiscal Door bizarre. Still just taking lots of pitches, having good at bats. The on base percentage is still up over three twenty, which for his average down by two twenty. That's pretty phenomenal. So just being that two hole taking pitches, Jeff McNeil keeps hitting. Really love McNeil in the three hole. Yeah. I think I like him probably better in the two hole honestly, but like in the three hole. I, 
when those guys get on base and Jeff Neal puts the ball in play like he does, it's, I mean, it brings in runs. It's also the same with Brett Beatty, who just yeah. all the guy does is go, go show up to the ballpark without his uniform. I hit the Sorry. Hit, hit, hit baseballs really hard. No, Beatty absolutely mashes. And he had a bunch of good hits today. Runs the base as well. Like, it's just a I good love baseball player. So much, man. Man. He's so awesome. Yeah. Our, our friend Brett. Our friend Brett, yeah. yeah. He, um, he uh, have I, I've said that on the podcast already. Yeah, said I had nice shoes. Yeah, he did say nice And then he went out and bought them. Yeah, and then you remember. Wait, you're the one that set the uh, the shoe example? Because I noticed you guys had the same shoe. Yes. No, yeah, no. The gray ones, the gray nine. When, yes. when we were at spring training and we were told to keep everybody busy, which is also a hilarious job for me and James's massive Mets fans. But yeah, he talked to the Mets players while yeah, they're waiting online. How you doing? Busy. Yeah. Uh, Brett Beatty saw us. He was like, hey, what's up, Mark and James? He started yeah. the conversation, which is cool. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, dude, I love your shoes, man. And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, huh. And then the next day, I think, he had them on. And I was like, man, he got those quick. You know somebody who can get him some Nike shoes at a given moment. And he called out something we actually talked about in the interview in 2021 we did with him. He was like, yes. James, Garrett Wilson looked amazing this year. I was like, he really did. And shout out to Garrett Wilson for being a really good friend of Brett Beatty because every single time that Brett gets a big, hey, Garrett Wilson tweets it out. He's on it. He's like, Brett Beatty's on it. Brett Beatty's on it. We love my boy Brett. And Beatty, Beatty looks like he's just going to be a Jets fan as well because I've seen We're him rocking the Jets. We're ready for the collab podcast. Me, me, Mark, Brett Beatty, Garrett Wilson. Let's get it done. I will ascend. But also, like, I'm going to talk about Lindor before today. He hit three hard at balls and didn't get one hit to show up. Baseball's a tough sport, oh, man. So annoying. It's not. It's not a fair sport sometimes. Damn. Oh God, it's really annoying. You like that? That crazy double by Francisco Alvarez wasn't technically a hard hit ball. That was smoked off. The yeah, it was smoked. And yeah. he's. If we're gonna, I guess this will be like the last player we talk about here. Maybe before we start talking estimate in the next series preview. But Alvarez has been playing really, really well. I don't have the exact numbers, but I think over the last two weeks, weirdly, when the Mets have been struggling, Alvarez is hitting like 270. His strikeout rates down to like the low 20s, which is exactly kind of where it was in the minors. He's been hitting the whole ball better. He's 96 percentile in framing, which framing is like a fake stat, but that's great to see for someone who definitely, like a lot of people were saying, the catching was the big issue for him. Things are starting to come together for him now. He looks more comfortable every single day. And James, well, how old is Chris Alvarez? You should also know Francisco Alvarez is 21 years old. He's the youngest catcher to get regular play- playing time in 30 years. Since, since who? Pudge Rodriguez. That was pretty good, though. And also since uh, the beginning of the, uh, the Atlanta series, Francisco Alvarez has struck out and walked the exact same amount of time. That's fantastic. Yeah. Seven percent on each looks really, really comfortable. Seven percent. That's only. It's only six games. That's still. That's like a great six games though for right, a twenty-one-year-old in the majors who's also catching. You're freakishly good. Yeah. Bigger Francisco. sample than that. The last eleven games, eight forty-eight OPS. That's I mean, awesome. that's fantastic. What's the strikeout and uh, walk numbers? Eight Ks, three walks. Not, not terrible at all. No, no. it's actually really good. Eight for, strikeouts and thirty plate appearances. And again, just, we should reiterate, he's the youngest catcher to get regular playing time in the major leagues in thirty years since the nineties. And he looks pretty good defensively. When John was born, yeah. nineteen sixty. Yeah, this is Padraigus Pud- Pud- <laughs> was a rookie when John was about 14 years old. So, yeah, that's kind of meaningful. I remember him very well. <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, the fact, as comfortable as he's looked on both sides of the of the ball is pretty unbelievable. So, I probably think the one thing that maybe made the scouts say he's not that good of a defender is that he's still, like, not, like, he's not, like, super agile to, like, block pitches. Well, the, the way one thing you could say, they definitely, the way that they have him catching, and I think this is to get better framing, is they have him with that leg on the ground, and he just you just cannot move as much when your leg is on the ground. Yeah, that's the thing that uh, Carlos Ruiz did with the Phillies. He was like one well, of the first yeah, guys, sure. And like, yeah, you give up blocking, but think about how many times in the game you actually have to make like an important block. Not that many. Yeah, no, it, was really, it probably depends also on the pitcher, the situation. Yeah, and he hasn't caught Kodai yet. And Kodai, the ghost fork, is probably the wild. It's one of the we've we talked about before. Literally one of the most unique pitches in baseball by movement, spin, and velocity. So maybe just keep him off that one. But as far as framing, like. He's it's great. Watching him on TV is kind of a joy because he just pops that glove. Right he does so every time. Quick little hands, quick little wrists. Yeah, and he, he moves like crazily well for how like I like kind of like funny looking. 
Yeah, and Grayson hit the ball off the wall, but he hustled for that double. Oh, he's moving. Yeah. I mean, if he was if he was hot dogging, he's out. Yeah, did you think Francisco Alvarez have two pinch running attempts by this point? <laughs> no, I did not. And be one of the better framers in baseball by earned strikes? That's not where I thought we were going with that. No, no, it's crazy. And like we got shout out him and Baby because what they've done, what they they have in a way really transformed this line. Yep, and, and they have totally changed the bottom line. That's why again, I'll reiterate, I am. I'll put James Chan on stab approval. Whoa, whoa! I'm not worried about the lineup. Okay. I'm really not. I'm right, the pitching. The pitching something that needs to improve. But I'm really not worried about. The this okay. kind of can make as much noise as needs to be made. No, nah, I mean, listen, we'll we'll see how they play in Cincinnati, which is a great way to mix into the estimate here because I lost the last one really close down to the wire. We yeah. had the average game time. Game one was, what, 210? 210. Game two was 238. Yeah. And game three was 306, right, John? Yeah, and I'm looking at the semester. Um, this is literally right in the middle. So, like you said, 210, 238, 306, and the average was 238. So, oh, my God. So, that, no, was, no. that was like the middle point between That's the just, end of the spectrum time. What are the odds? Uh, this was a this was a good one. I yeah. honestly, going into the last episode, had zero clue what the, where to go. <laughs> was fishing around, and I saw that the Mets had played some long games, then that game in Detroit kind of skewed that a lot. Yeah. And, Mark, you said this, and I just looked to confirm, and it's correct. The Rockies had not played a three-hour game at all this year wow. before today. Yeah. Today's game 306, the second longest game for the Mets this year. First one being that 17 walk performance by was it Caprillion that started that game? Yeah, James Caprillion. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was, yep. I didn't watch that game. Um, he didn't miss much. Yeah, a lot of walks. Late Friday night. Walks today. Yeah, a lot of walks today. Yeah, there was. But um, yeah, so a good one. So now James leads five to four. Yep. Uh, always fun to see a nice close tight race. <laughs> we still don't have a punishment for the first half. We're, we're, we're really leaning we'll towards both count. Can we say that? Is that not Probably. Can't. I probably can't say that word. The last one you said. Well, Vito could beep it. People know the full kit. Beep. Yeah. And you want to, you want to, we want to get cleats. Click clack. Click clack of the cleats on, oh, on yeah. the pavement. Yeah. So probably. I black. Too. Oh, of course. Yeah. I black maybe. I don't know. No, I why? Well, you have, we're doing the full thing. I, I don't want to look where I black them. Why? I don't want to mess my skin. Mess up your skin. Yeah, I don't want to break out. Just wash your face. Break out. I don't know. You got a little baby That's skin. Break out place. Yeah. Under your eyes. You don't break out there. All right. Sorry. Just Johnny, Johnny skin expert, I guess. I don't know. That's right. I went to the dermatologist. <laughs> Johnny Makeup. Johnny, Johnny Wale. Go. <laughs> Johnny L'Oreal. Everyone should go. Anyway. Oh, all right. Man. Okay. So, <laughs> Mets go to Cincinnati. Great American ballpark. By the way, you guys ever been there before? I have not. Twice, yeah. What are your reviews? I've been there too. I, I don't think, I don't, I don't think it's really that bad in terms of like what a lot of Midwest stadiums are like. I do like the area around it a good bit. Like the fact they just do that thing that a lot of like the those other American cities have where it's like, oh, here's our sports arena and here are 12 bars. Yep. So yep. That, that's kind of fun. That's the ballpark itself. It definitely isn't like, it's not, it's not turning your head. Okay. What about you, Mark? I don't know. I forgot the question. Fan of a great American ballpark? Never no. been. I've never been. That's never why been I forgot there. it. I blocked it out because I was like, I've never been there, so I have nothing to add. Right. No. Kind of a self-righteous name. That's yeah. not a company, is it? I believe it's a bank. It's got to be a bank. Oh, is it? I believe so. Right. If it's not, Self- that's self-righteous really. bank name. It, you know what else would be, <laughs> yeah, be crazy? I'm going to look up right now if this is, actually, uh, if this is actually the name of a bank or something, but for a team that kind of crashed for a lot, you yeah. got to get a sponsor in the stadium. Yeah, for sure. Easy way to make some money out of that. You buy that's a good morning. They're really going to influx. It would be a little ridiculous to not actually have sold it. Yeah. I saw the Mets play there in 2013. The Mets ruined the Reds' season. The Reds were on their way to the NL Central title. The yes. Mets took two or three from them, mm-hmm. forced them into the wild card game, and that's when Cueto allowed the two homers, Russell Martin and I think Marlon Bird, wow. in the one game in the wild card game in Pittsburgh. And uh, I think that was it for Dusty. We, of course, always have 2015 where we clinched. That's yeah. Cincinnati Matt that's Harvey on the mound, which is also, I guess, a little uh, full circle moment because Matt Harvey retired from baseball, what, yesterday? Two days Saturday? Ago, yeah, Friday it was. Friday, Friday. Matt Harvey is. Real dead. American Insurance. Oh, uh, that's, that's almost like you can't trust that. No, 
Yeah, great American insurance. You're really trying to oversell. The classic oversell. Yeah, it's not one of the big names that I've heard of. Insurance so. companies aren't on too many parts. It's usually banks. I mean, yeah. Loan Depot is a mortgage. You have uh, the Brewers. Market. Brewers or Great American Family Insurance or something like that. Aren't American Life or something like that. Yeah, Iris Miller. Guaranteed rate. Yeah, yeah, with the arrow pointing down. Yeah, it's yeah. bad. That's a rough logo. Awful name, too. Well, it kind of yeah. Yeah, all right. What's the estimate? All right, the estimate. So... We're not doing expected batting average. Way too, way too dense. Um, <laughs> a little too meta. <laughs> well, way too meta, whatever that means. So the last seven games that the Mets and Reds have played at Great American Ballpark mm -hmm. have seen over 10 runs combined between the two teams. You remember Robert Stock, I think, tore his ACL running out of ball and yeah. pitchers still hit. And pitch clocks weren't a thing in 2021. Robert Stock. Robert Stock. Those were some games. Team Israel. Team Israel standout, that's right. Uh, Dominic Smith hit a homer there. So, so this is where... Say it, John. Say it. What the 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 expected batting average? No, drop your stat. Oh, okay. So Dom Smith homered in, on July twenty first, twenty twenty one, on a ball that had an expected batting average of point zero one zero. I guess point ten. Yeah. Whatever. And that ball got out because Great American Ballpark is where outs become extra base hits. And I think your made a grand slam in that game too. Well, no, no, your man a slow shot. Dom's grand slam. Not, it wasn't like a ninth inning pinch hit Pilar or something? Yeah, I think so. Your pinch hit literally made a lot of errors that game. He did. That was, yeah. That was weird. That was the night game, right? Didn't Vladimir Gutierrez pitch that game? Yeah, he did. He doesn't have the spider spider's tattoo right now. Yeah, he has no stuff. This year, Are we facing him? That'd be great. No, I don't think he's I think he might got arm surgery or something. sorry. Anyway. What's the estimate? A lot of runs. Accurate American ballpark. So how many combined runs will be scored by the Mets and the Reds in this three-game series? Is Connor Overton pitching? That would no. change a lot. Graham Ashcraft pitched today. I give, I'll pitch give you the pitching well. matchup. Yeah, give you the pitching match. I think this does skew the estimate because both teams are basically throwing their best. Okay. Mets are going to have Max Scherzer on Tuesday, 640. Again, 640 start time. Everyone be aware versus Luke Weaver. Okay. Comes back to the man. league. He's getting a lot of swings and misses, but also giving up a lot, a lot of contact. Wednesday, also 640. This is this is the matchup. You guys want to circle a game to watch this series. Justin Verlander versus Hunter Green. Ooh. Hunter Green, we saw him last year. He just throws gas with a crazy slider. He's one of the freakiest pitchers in baseball. And Thursday, matinee, 12.35 Eastern. Jose Sanger versus Nick Lodolo. Yeah. Lodolo got us last year, but he hasn't been as good this year. And my fingers crossed for Luis Sessa. No, really? Was yeah, you, we, we got their two, their two best pitchers. So. Yeah. Yeah, good, good for the Mets. Always fun. But it rains and pours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we got to come up with the total runs in this game. So, right? yeah, three games, two teams. Where's my whiteboard? Why you got your own whiteboard? You, I, failed, I failed again. John. Yeah, I have two whiteboards two upstairs. <laughs> I have two whiteboards upstairs, and I brought neither down. By the way, it was a Dom Smith grand slam against Jeff oh, Hoffman. God. I, I need there to, you go. Jeff Hoffman. So, I just want to make sure this number makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I don't like that, actually. Change the number. All right. Okay. I'm just, I'm, I got mine. I'm just going to stick with mine. Bang. All right, ready? Yeah. It's on a cup, so you're not going to be able to see it, but three, two, one, 26. I said 36. Whoa. I yeah. You, I keep going low. What's happening? Yeah, wow. So we do have we do have a middle spot though. Yeah, no, we don't. No, we do. Yeah, an even difference. Yeah, it's an even difference. Do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a shame. All right. Well, yeah. I always get confused for some reason. You're not a numbers guy. You're a history man. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a numbers yeah. guy. You're written. You're a written man. Yeah. All right. Twenty six, thirty six for runs this series. We already previewed the pitching matchups. In yeah. terms of hitters to talk about on this team, uh, Tyler Stevenson. He hasn't been playing well, but I, he's a good baseball player. Yeah. There's no home runs. I don't think there's any home runs. What happened? Some of the powers kind of stopped a little bit. Interesting. Jonathan India has been playing very well this year. He's got, got a little cold recently again. Um, Nick Sanzel just recently came off the IL. It's actually playing the best baseball. That's your guy, yeah. Super sneakily. Like, I, 
not even my guy. I was just like, I can't believe someone who's like this strong and this athletic isn't good at baseball. There's a lot of guys on this red team like that. Like you, you've had little tabs on forever. I have. Well, because first of all, fantasy baseball, you always want to seek the guys in a good ballpark. Yeah. Ballparks are like so meaningful for like baseball stats over a full year. When you play 80 games in a plate in a band box, like you're going to do well. Spencer Steer is a guy who I think is also pretty fun. Mm-hmm. He He's good plate discipline. He's pretty, pretty okay, like hit tool, but power hasn't been as much there as I thought it would be, but might be coming back. They got Christian Encarnacion on Strayer just hitting so well in the minor leagues right now. I really hope they don't call him up. They'll probably miss him this series. Um, they have Will Myers there, who's someone, he's a name you'll know. Kevin Newman, who's just somehow, some way, still playing professional baseball every single day. Gonna get 500 plate appearances again I, this year. I genuinely can't believe it. But Kevin Newman in, has <laughs> has over 1,700 plate appearances. That's so many. Yeah, I know, so many. While being a 76 WRC Plus guy, so about 25% worse than league average. Over 15, 1,700 plate appearances. Their bullpen's actually been pretty good this year. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. I mean, what they what they did with that team developmentally is kind of interesting. So, well, it's probably a really good move for a team that doesn't have as much money as some of the others. They hired Kyle Body to be their, like, director of pitching for the whole organization. He installed all of his tactics for, like, three years, and then they fired him. Yeah. So they have all of his tactics, and all the coaches know the, start. Know, yeah, know the schemes, and now they got rid of the guy who cost the money who actually put it into place. So it's kind of annoying. Sucked for him. We're going to see Alexis Diaz, brother of Edwin. That was a, that was the famous estimate from last year. Yeah, um, infamous. Yeah, infamous. I don't know. What, what, what else can we say about this? We're gonna miss Joey Votto. Yeah, I don't know. Just we we, we gotta win. Yeah, we gotta win. Gotta beat this team. That's pretty much it. Verlander, Scherzer, and Sanger pitching. Those are your three best starting pitchers. Starting yep. pitching's been an issue. This isn't really a great place to start the pitch <laughs> or pitch in general. But if anyone's gonna do it, hopefully it's those three. Hopefully it is those three. And then we just have some random things to talk about as well, just in the Mets world. There are some cool things that have, have happened. Shout out to Luigi and David, who were both, like, kind of the kid in charge of, like, saying play ball or the lineup for the games this yeah. week. So Luigi got a start on Friday. Brought the heat. With a great play ball. Yeah. Fantastic play ball. And you just don't find a lot of kids named Luigi. It's not a popular no, not name. That many and I respect it because it's a great name. Yeah. Luigi's an awesome name. Shout Italians. And then Steve, David, David, <laughs> not Steve, David. He did the lineup for game number three, yeah. and he gave a killer, killer lineup introduction, Amazing. especially with Joey Lucchese. Yeah, he really channeled, he channeled like the MSGPA. He was Amazing. And John, I believe, has a story with David. The way it works is I say the line, now batting or whatever, and uh, they repeat it back, and I gave him away. He's like, no, I'm not going to do it like that. I was like, all right, man, <laughs> rock and roll, rock and roll, no that's, problem. That's and cool. you know what? He was better than better than I would have done it. So. Damn, he crushed it. Uh, and there was, there was one time, there was one part where I, you know, I like to do everything for safety two times. Yeah, of course. Always give your editors a lot of juice to work with. So I said, let's do it another time. Uniform, it's not that he messed up at all. And he told me, nope, that one was good. I was <laughs> I'm going to zip my lip. I like this kid. I like this kid. We got we to get, we gotta get Steve, uh, David. Hey, we got to get David on the show. David, I like it, Dave. He's calling shots. Yeah. He gets to do the lineup. He's like, you, you asked me to do it. Yeah. I didn't ask you for your help. Also, a couple of housekeeping things. This uh, We were at the game on Friday. I met some people I used to work with right with at the Pitcher List. Great baseball blog. Everyone should check them out. And there was a PL Plus member there, Mike. And Mike grabbed Mark, looked him in the face, and said, hey, you look a lot like Jeff Wilpon. And we never heard that ever in our life. Never. And it, was, it, was, it was pretty unbelievable and shocking. And now I very much see it. So Vito's going to put up a picture of Jeff Wilpon. We're both going to scowl, I believe, is what we said. And I don't, I don't really know how to scowl, so I'm just going to be straight-faced. But Vito put up the pictures here. And... You guys can let us know at home if uh, me and Jeff Wilpon look look similar. Similar haircut. Similar. Yeah. Haircut. Similar haircut. I think similar yeah. face shape too. Not, yeah, I could get Obvular. behind the face shape. Yeah, yeah. very ovular. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, carbon copy has been a pretty good thing you guys have done with uh, the scoreboard. This yeah, is, people do like it. So 
Let's get some. Now we got a carbon copy of Mark. We gotta find one for me. Yeah, we gotta find one for you for sure. Besides Wolverine, <laughs> like I got one. Yeah, that, guy, that guy's called me that in the YouTube comments more than a few times. More so last year when I was like a little bushier. Yep. But yeah, Bartolo was at the stadium today, mm -hmm. which was really cool. We got to meet him, which was also very cool. yeah, very nice to meet Bartolo. Shout out Bartolo Colon. It's obviously the anniversary of when he hit his the, probably the most unlikely home run in Major League Baseball it's history. Stable home run. Yeah. Seven years ago, on crushed seven. it. Seven years ago, May seventh, crushed it. So uh, shout out Bartolo, and then we have to give a shout out to friend of the podcast, Matt. The steamroller, Frivola, absolutely dominating Drew Dober yeah. on UFC 287, 88-288, Saturday night. He was money. He was phenomenal. First round knockout. Steamroller. Never a doubt in our mind. No. That for, I mean, we saw him coming in. We're like, oh, this dude's locked in. Yeah, he was. This guy I mean, we, in the zone. We talked to him when he was training, too, and he was locked in. So that's a little plug, too, if you guys have not seen the interview. He's, he's more famous now because he won, too. He got performance yeah, tonight. Yeah, I mean, check out that reels and TikToks. They've, they've been doing really well since he won, too. Yes, yeah, so you noticed that, yeah. Winning is always great yeah, for numbers. The, the man of is going like this. Yes, people are loving it. So shout yeah. out to Vito for making those. Shout out to Matt Frivola. Legend. Let's get you back on at some point, too, now that you've won. And, and also, now he's not training anymore. Come back to the field. It's actually awesome. Yeah, come hang out. Let's, yeah. let's have some fun. Let's eat some food. And, uh... He said he wanted sausage peppers, but he couldn't because he was training. Yeah, he did <laughs> say. Did you see, this is the last thing I'll say, did you see on his Instagram after he weighed in, so he got weighed in, he hit his weight, he just immediately started stuffing his face awesome. with as much food as he physically can. That, that was the power. That was the win. That's what it was. So, Matt Frivola, nice win. We love it. had performance of the night. You yes, it, yeah. he did have performance. It was a nice bonus there. Definitely a nice bonus. But uh, that's pretty much it for this episode. I think there's one more thing we should talk about. Oh, go for it. Over the weekend, Matt Harvey did retire. Oh, there was a thing. Oh, you said that? Yeah, I said it right I didn't hear you say that. No, you blanked it out. It's all right. I had to blank out. Just... And we're playing the Reds, too. Wow, wow. wow. Two, two, two. Evan Mazzarosco, baby. Yeah, and I will say it did feel like on Friday night there were a few more Matt Harvey jerseys in the ballpark than without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt. So it, the, it's it, it's still it's still really hard to probably analyze or assess Matt Harvey's time with the Mets, but bittersweet. Yeah, so bittersweet. So favorite word in this podcast. Next winning uh, on Monday. Yes, yes, no have doubt. To. Have to win. Have are the one. I didn't ask. Must have to. I know they have to. Look. The Heat played so well, and the Knicks played so poorly, that I think they, the law of average is just going to even out, and you got to attack Jimmy Butler. The guy's, like, yeah, limping yeah, like crazy, and somehow right. they still don't keep attacking him. And I, I can't, I, you know, I can't stand Max Drews. I'm so done with Max Drews. Yeah, and Duncan Robinson. And just, I hate the Heat. At least Duncan Robinson has, like, a really obvious, like, thing he does well. Well, he hit Struce three. is a three-point shooter, too. Kinds of. But Struce is off the dribble right now. He's playing defense. I can't stand that guy. I want to put him on his, put him on his back. Need, need, need something to go right in New York right now. Yeah, they, they lift the city. Knicks, big win on Monday. Push the Mets into a good series with the Reds. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening and watching this episode of the Mets Up podcast. Make sure you follow us on all our social media at Mets Up, on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. If you're looking for the YouTube video, go to the New York Mets YouTube channel. Go subscribe over there. You can watch it. And if you're listening to us, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, drop us a rating, drop us a review, download, and subscribe. We do have a review to quickly shout out here. This comes from Brad SD Met fan, which I assume stands for San Diego. Maybe it's South Dakota. I don't know. Just discovered you guys. Love it all. Interviewing has been great. Love the details of pitcher breakdowns. Great job, gents, from an out-of-town Mets fan. So shout out, Brad. We also got the ropes underneath it. Kind of funny. Yeah, well, we'll save that for the next one. Next okay, one, yeah, yeah. We can't do too many, and we're getting along here. So We have had some good reviews. We have seen them. We are going to say them, but these series haven't been that good. So, like, with the positivity is, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, so. We'll get you guys when we get there. Thank you so much for listening and watching. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Messed Up Podcast. Peace out. Peace out. See you guys next time.